1: They ended up doing the whole, like, what, what you in for? People are going, like, oh, I, I got caught with a knife. One guy even says, I attack police with a bat. And then it gets to me. And I'm like, uh, I, made a, I made a meme uh, of a dog doing a Nazi salute. And the thing that was funny was half the prisoners, like, all sort of sat up and went, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. And they were all laughing. But then my, my friend, like, leaned into me and whispered and went, It's all funny here, right, but see if you do get put in, don't tell people that because you will get battered.
0: On today's show is Mark Meachan, known online as Count Dankula. In 2016, he made a YouTube video showing how he taught his girlfriend's beloved pug, Buddha, to do a Nazi salute, a sig hail on his command. His command was, gas the Jews. The video quickly went viral and Mark was arrested and charged with committing a hate crime. He spent time in jail and was fined, a fine he refused to pay. As he'll explain in more detail, Mark was fired from his job and pretty much unemployable by anyone who had Google, which is obviously everyone. However, things have recently picked up for him. Every time he is mentioned in the paper, his YouTube channel grows, and he now has over hundred million views. He also has 250,000 followers on Twitter who enjoy his brand of shock humour, much in line with the initial Hitler dog routine. They're a strange bunch, his followers. When he shared a photo promoting this podcast, many of them followed me and asked if I could send them photos of Mark's penis. Or, failing that, my own. I politely declined. I hope some of his followers are here listening today and will stick around. They're part of a strange online world in the dark corners of the web, full of jokes and memes I don't quite understand. But it's not just in the obscure recesses of computer world where Mark has made his mark. He's often talked about by famous mainstream advocates of free speech, including Ricky Gervais, who brought him up once again just last week. I remember when I heard about the dog joke at the time. I imagined a horrible neo-Nazi, so had little sympathy for him, even if it seemed a little strange he was being arrested for a joke. Meachan was later in the UK Independence Party, or UKIP, and had some association with British far-right activist Tommy Robinson and American far-right radio presenter Alex Jones, all of which further convinced me His apple was of the bad variety. He refutes this image and says most of his friends are on the left. He was nice enough to give me his time to do this podcast, so the least I could do was give him a fair hearing with an open mind. We have a bit of a chat about free speech, humour, offence, and where these things collide. Should any joke be illegal? Mark certainly doesn't think so, and I'm inclined to agree. It seems pretty crazy how the whole thing blew up, and a waste of everyone's time and money. That doesn't mean I give Mark a free pass. Just as I believe strongly in his right to make those jokes, I value my right to criticise them and say they're in bad taste. For example, a recent video he posted mocking the Beirut explosion might be particularly hurtful for people who've just lost loved ones. It may not be illegal, but I consider that worthy of criticism at the least. And he's perfectly entitled to tell me he doesn't care. We do get distracted while talking about the Nazi pug incident and end up waffling about free speech for a while before coming back to his arrest and jail time at the end, which is fine because you always listen to the end anyway, don't you? Next week is a chat with controversial American scholar James Lindsay who has pretty much blown up Twitter by claiming that 2 plus 2 equals 4. In an Orwellian turn, thousands of left-wing academics have been suggesting the equation actually equals 5. But for now, we're in Scotland with Count Dankula, discussing whether jokes and fried Mars bars are offensive. We were in Edinburgh and everyone was very offended when I asked people if I could have a fried Mars bar.
1: Edinburgh is technically not Scottish. <laughs> 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 they're, they're probably the most like hated place in Scotland, even though they're the capital city. Everybody sort of sees them as a uh, poncy, posh people. They don't really don't really meld with the rest of the country
0: yeah that's why there was no fried mar- I did manage to find it eventually it was basically a heart attack on a dish it was it was ridiculous but it was it's the best thing I've ever had in
1: my life it's the reason our life expectancy is like 45 <laughs> So, like yeah
0: <laughs> yeah you're doing all right then I mean because you must be what in your 30 are you about my age that I'm 31
1: I'm 32 yeah you're getting yeah. on mate you're getting on a bit yeah I'm actually 14. This is just what Scotland does to you. <laughs> Have you ever met Ricky Gervais? <laughs> he's tweeted about me, but I've yeah. never actually met the guy. Doesn't shut up about you, does he? This man's passionate about freedom of speech, so you know yeah. it's, it's a good thing. I'm I'm happy that he's always talking about
0: it. You're like a massive thing, person, personality now because you got you got a huge Twitter following, uh, massive YouTube following. What was it? I saw you announced yesterday was it 100 million
1: views yeah just it was just yesterday i broke 100 million views and i'm wow. um, over seven hundred and fifty thousand subscribers so you know nearly nearly at the 1 million it's insane so a lot of people know who you are now but for my dad could you tell
0: me a bit about your <laughs> sort of story what and what happened uh was it 2018 with the, with your dog
1: 2016 jesus it christ yeah <laughs> Well, it was, it was basically a case uh, me and my girlfriend were living together. She had this little cute pet pug called Buddha who got his name because when he was a puppy, he was really fat. Yeah. And uh, she was always going on about how cute and adorable he was. She would even, like, pick him up and, like, shove him in my face, going, look how cute he is, look at that little face. And I'm just kind of like... fuck off (laughs) I'm trying to watch TV but uh, ended up one day like uh, I was giving him a treat and he would lift his little paw up to give you a paw so that he could get his treat and a part of me went haha that kind of looks like a little salute and then I had a bit of a light bulb moment and then uh, I decided to begin some alternative training Um, and, and instead of him giving a paw for a treat I taught him to lift his paw whenever I say Z Kyle and I also taught him to react uh, very happily whenever I say the phrase, gas the Jews. Fucking hell. Uh, And the whole whole, It only took about like five days to do it, but the problem was he he didn't do it every single time. Like it was still early stages in the training. So what I was doing was I was filming some clips of him doing it, and I was compiling it all together in a YouTube video, and me and my girlfriend uh, have nights where we would sit and watch YouTube videos And what I was going to do was put it on my YouTube channel. And then one night when we were watching YouTube videos, I was going to go, oh, I know a great video. (laughs) And then then just stick it on and totally blindside her, totally catch her off guard. Uh, The problem was we never had a YouTube night, but I uploaded it on my channel for my friends to see. Like my channel only had eight subscribers, and those were people that I all knew. They were all my friends. And... uh, No, no date night happened, so never got to show the video. But then I went to Iceland for a gaming convention, and it was while I was actually on the plane going to Iceland. uh, Someone, to this day, still don't know who somehow found the video and posted it on Reddit, and it ended up on the front page of Reddit.
0: So at the time, you you say you only had eight subscribers.
1: Eight, and they were all people that I knew. They were all my friends,
0: and so it must have taken off on Reddit. Were people originally pissed off? Because Reddit's quite a... You don't know what you can get with that. It could go either way, right?
1: Yeah, it was like... uh, I would probably say about 90% of the people saw it for what it was, a joke, and found it funny. And then you had the other 10% who were being little crybabies about it.
0: So when I first heard that, I remember hearing that news story. The assumption is... And we shouldn't make assumptions, I think. And that's what I guess we have to learn to do as we get older as part of being a more mature person is to not make an assumption about someone. But you do imagine yeah. uh, somebody who really wants to gas the Jews. Was that your intention at all? No,
1: not even a little bit. No. Basically, the point of the joke was that that's... Little, cute, adorable, innocent animal was reacting happily and doing things that were absolutely horrifically vulgar while having no idea that that's what it was doing. That was part of the joke. Um, I've had a lot of people making the arguments that I was trying to convey some anti-semitic message like a dog dog whistling you know yeah. pardon the pun yeah. uh, out to my followers And this is the thing is i know how to make content i know how to write content if that's what i wanted to do i can assure you i could have made something better than that <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, It wouldn't be dog whistling, would it? Aside from the the dog pun you mentioned, but it it would, Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no secret message in gas the Jews. I mean, um. So what were you doing at the time for for work and stuff?
1: Um, I was working in a call center and I was also doing a uh, private security. Okay. As well, and uh, what happened was when I was in Iceland, um, because I was in a foreign country, I wasn't connected to the telephone network or anything like that, and I ended up like going out met up with my friends while I was there I went out got drunk in Reykjavik and um, had no idea that back home the newspapers were blowing up the internet was blowing up and uh, the next morning when I woke up in my hotel room I went to check my phone and went oh yeah I'm still not connected but then uh, the hotel had wi-fi so I connected to the hotel wi-fi and as soon as I did my phone just blew up it was just rapid fire notifications and I was just like what the hell is going on and then I had a bunch of voicemails uh, from my wife who called me, you know, while the notifications were flying on my screen, and she basically said, "Why? Why are there reporters at the door?"
0: Was a tiny bit of you excited?
1: Not really. A part of me kind of went like, "Oh fuck," because I'd never experienced anything like this before. Yeah. So it was more, it was more confusion. I didn't really know how to deal with the situation. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, "I've, uh, what, what, what's going on?" Like type yeah. of thing, you know, sort of. What do I do?
0: Yeah, because I feel like a, there's a tiny part of me that almost wants to say something shocking and controversial on this podcast, so that it takes off to such an extent and my phone starts beeping all night. But then I don't want what happened next to you to happen. So yeah, continue, please. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, but it was it was basically a case of, uh, the reporters came at the door and they sort of explained, you know, the video's gone viral and they wanted to speak to me and they could tell that i was a nice guy and they just wanted to get my side of the story and this is my first time ever dealing with the press you know i didn't know how they worked to so see all the uh, usual tr- tricks okay that they use like you know this was my this was my first time dealing with them so i was an idiot and i believed them and you know even my wife even let them into the house and made them cups of tea and like all this type of stuff and then the next the next day it was just a complete hatchet job you know it was they were uh calling me a Nazi calling me an anti-Semite saying I was far right and just all the usual you know lies that continue yeah. to this day
0: that's something that, that I've always struggled with as a journalist I think because sometimes you do speak to really bad people and I'm not I'm not saying you're one of them but sometimes you speak to bad people and it's very that is the, the thing as a journalist you don't you can't tell them I think you're a bad person can I interview you so you do have
1: to sort of yeah
0: you have to compromise your integrity a little bit and I think sometimes the journalists are bad the bad people themselves if I, if I can be so blunt about my own Profession.
1: I learned my lesson at that point, and I had a lot of big people on YouTube, and everybody all contacting me, and they said, "Rule number one: when you're involved in any kind of controversy, do not speak to reporters. Do not speak yeah, to them yeah. like, yeah, they'll, they'll they'll come in and pretend that they're on your side, and I'll be able to tell your side of the story. Like this, this person just wants their paycheck. They don't care what happens to you. Like this person could write an article that could absolutely annihilate your life." They don't care. They they just want to get their paycheck. They want their brownie points with their boss. So by that point, I'd learned, and I was just telling them to get lost. And then I think it was that was that happened for a couple of days after uh, after I came back from Iceland. But what happened was uh, word got around the estate uh, about what the reporters were doing, and the local uh, youths uh, saw to it that reporters couldn't come into the estate anymore. But then what happened was, I think it was about maybe so for about three, four days, there was no reporters in the estate. And then the police came and knocked at the door. But at the time the police came and knocked at the door, the reporters were there. Um, Because I can't say how I know this, but the police illegally tipped off the reporters that they were coming to arrest me. Why can't you say how you know that? Because I just
0: can't. You got an insider? No, nothing like that. Why would the that means it is that? Why did the police? <laughs> why did the, why would they do that to sort of to sort of uh, have have more against you? I suppose
1: perp walk. That's what it was. It was what to does get, that mean? It was to, it was to get photos of me coming out of the house with the handcuffs on because it's uh, because the police uh. the police whenever the police do that to a criminal they believe it's you know good PR but in this case it was not good PR. Everybody was railing against the police for it. People still to this day like. Whenever the police get mentioned in Scotland. You know how the whole whenever someone gets arrested, you know, why don't you guys fight real crime? Yeah. Type of thing. Like people will make jokes going, Oh, why are you here? Did I post a joke on the internet?
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was it was not good PR for them. Not at all Yeah.
0: But I, I guess you're saying like you learned your lesson about speaking to the press, but firstly you're speaking to me, and I'm sort of press, not really. Yeah. Why are you speaking to me?
1: It's because I know what to do now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then, secondly, it, it's done all right for you, though, hasn't it? You had eight followers, and you got about a bazillion.
1: Well, that, well, that's the thing is, for the first like two years after that, it was not great at all. I got immediately like fired from all my jobs, and uh, I was every time I tried to get a new job, like there was a few things that would happen. I would either get recognised in the interview and they would just tell me, no, no, you're not coming in. Or I would get hired and then after, maybe sometimes on the first day or after a week, they would realise who I was and then I would get fired or I would get a job, actually managed to hold the job and sometimes the manager was very cool where he's like, don't worry, don't worry, like just just keep it down that you're here. And somehow uh, far left activist groups would find out where I was working and right. then they would call call and harass the employer into firing me. I can't
0: imagine far-left li- far groups fighting to being annoyed at someone doing an anti-Semitic joke.
1: That's one thing that I have noticed about the far-left. Um, there was one event that I was doing, and we get all types of people at our events, and there was, I was just sitting there having a pint, and I was ending up talking to a guy, and I, he started talking about, you know, the Jewish media, the Jewish banks, the Jewish this, and Israel, 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 and I'm sitting there just kind of like, all oh, right, okay. You're <laughs> you're 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 one of them. Yeah. And then I started talking to him about Richard Spencer, and then okay. the guy went off. The guy went off. Fuck him. He's a Nazi. And then I went. And then I went. What do you, I, went I was like, What do you mean? And I was like, Who? I was like. And he went, No, no. he was like, I'm I'm in Labour. And I was <laughs> like, What?
0: <laughs> it wasn't George Galloway, was it?
1: No, it wasn't George Galloway. No, <laughs> no I mean, this was just some some random guy at one of my events. But I was okay. just completely taken aback because see see whenever they start talking about uh jews uh the far left and the far right are indistinguishable yeah when they when you bring up jews seems like it but uh but yeah so people were
0: calling up that's awful have you read john Ronson's so you've been publicly shamed
1: everyone's told me to but i, I haven't i haven't <laughs> yeah. actually read it yet yeah no. okay it's just loads of
0: examples of cases like yours i suppose
1: uh, yeah he he followed me on Twitter quite recently. Did he? Oh, I don't, don't I don't know if he's doing a follow up book or something <laughs> but yeah.
0: God, maybe he'll maybe he'll see this. I'll tag him on the Twitter thing because <laughs> he he also yeah. did the psychopath test which uh, I just did it did you see I don't know if you saw last week I did a on this on this podcast that it was an interview with a psychopath
1: uh, I think you meant you mentioned something about that I've not actually yeah. seen it yet no, no. you got to you got to check that out man it's it's insane not not <laughs> somebody else I spoke to
0: was saying hang on you're a psychopath on is that what what does that mean I am like I'm not just speaking to people who I think are <laughs> psychopaths but um, <laughs> but yeah so people so you couldn't keep a job I mean that is a bit shitty
1: um yeah that that, yeah. that was the part it was just this was the thing is like, see how where I am on YouTube right now and where I am with political activism. This was the reason that all of this happened is because after Nazi Pug happened, I just went, okay, whatever, it's done, it's finished. Now I just I just want to get on. I just want to get on with stuff now. And basically I was trying to get on with stuff and couldn't get a job anywhere. We were having to live just off my girlfriend's wage. Mm-hmm. We were struggling to pay bills. I had to borrow money from my mum and dad. Mm-hmm and everything like that and I was I was depressed to shit I was just kind of like okay this is this is me forever now I'm just I'm not allowed to work and because I had so much free time I went I'm just going to continue on YouTube and by that point a lot of big people from big people had contacted me like sargon of a cad and alex jones and everything and they just turned around to me and said you should make videos why not just continue on youtube why not just keep doing what you're doing they were like you're not doing anything else anyway you know it wasn't even by choice i wanted to work i wanted to have a job and they were like just make youtube videos and then i kept making videos and then these big guys kept shouting me out and then from there people decided they really liked my content and that's when i started properly it wasn't until like 2018 that my channel like really blew up mm. and i'm and i got to where i am now what, what is the key
0: with that i think a lot of people are building youtube channels particularly during covid and everything and a lot yeah. of people just say it's down to consistency i mean was there a moment you say it blew up so was it like i'm getting a few hundred likes or whatever and then suddenly there's thousands one one day
1: it was the the key thing was whenever the newspapers wrote a bunch of articles about me again. So basically, any time I had a trial date, all of my stats just went flying up. You know that the Streisand effect is a is a very real thing. It's an antidote to cancel
0: culture, I suppose. But you have to you have to be able to not have somebody in charge of you if you can avoid the gatekeepers i suppose i mean if you were working for the yeah. bbc or something that's not going to help you that kind of press you'll just be fired and and kicked off oh yeah you
1: know? no definitely it's, it's brilliant being on your own it's, <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant see when you've been cancelled and you you You've built something completely on your own and you don't answer to anybody. see all the cancelled comedians are apparently looking into all pulling money together and actually buying like their own venue so that they can never be deplatformed.
0: It must feel uh, really freeing. I think I even convince myself, I think, some things because I don't want to have the view that would get me deplatformed. Do you know what I mean?
1: It's a simulation. Basically, you are matching your views with the hive mind because you know the danger of having opposing views to, yeah. to your in-group whereas like in our group we've got people from like all walks so, like everyone always goes like oh look look at this picture of Count Dankula with Tommy Robinson mm. uh, and everything like that like and all that and but it's like nobody knows that the people that I go for beers with and hang out with are literal communists and anarchists okay and I've 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 hung around with them a hell of a lot more than I have with Tommy Robinson, but it's the Tommy Robinson thing that always gets mentioned.
0: Yeah, but they're even worse—the communists. Yeah, they are. They are.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm working on that. Whenever, whenever yeah. I hang around with someone with opposing views, you know, usually after the fourth beer, that's when that's when me me trying to convert them starts. I'm like, ah, yeah, they're they're on their fifth whiskey. They're weak. <laughs> Go go in for the kill now,
0: (laughs) because you were also you a member of UKIP for a while.
1: The reason that the UKIP thing started, um, it it actually all stemmed from uh, people cancelling. Is me and Sargon had like a huge event uh, planned in the Scarborough Spa, the Scarborough Grand Hotel Spa, and we had people coming from Australia, Israel, Canada, America. Everybody was coming to this event. And a week before the event, uh, it was stand up to racism, got the event shut down and were calling us all like white supremacists and Nazis and all that stuff, which there was Jewish people that came over from Israel. They paid like thousands of pounds for their hotels and their plane tickets. And then because it was a week before the event went live, didn't yeah. get cancelled, their stuff was non-refundable. And they basically came over here to Britain to find out the thing that they spent thousands of pounds to come and see was cancelled and all of the local papers were calling them Nazis. Okay. And so we, we were just sitting there like, welcome to Britain, boys. <laughs> you know, like Mat Tov. But sure. uh, we, we decided to all just, we'll go to Scarborough, we'll all just, pub it we'll all just go out to pubs and we'll all have fun and we'll all have a laugh anyway so we did that anyway and we were all just sitting talking and we were all just really mad that the event get cancelled so eventually I just went I was drunk and I just went you know what fuck this I'm sick of this shit I'm getting into politics like to try and like do something at least to try and fix this and then I was like what political party has a good free speech clause and the only one out of, you know, the big ones was UKIP. They were literally the only ones. None of the other primary parties, like Labour actively wants to destroy freedom of speech. The Tories don't care about freedom of speech. They don't even talk about it. It's a complete afterthought to them. And the Lib Dems, they, they don't talk about it either. UKIP was the only one. And I thought, well, you know, if, that, if, that, if that's my only option, then that's what I'm going to go for. Hey, it's Andrew. If you're enjoying Heretics, there's another podcast I want
0: to recommend to you, especially if climate change, global conflicts and an upcoming election are making you feel like we're on the brink of disaster. What Could Go Right is hosted by Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and executive director Emma Lucas. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Were you concerned about a lot of the other UKIP people? Every now and then they'd come out and say something. I mean, there's a difference between what you did, which was a joke about the dog. Yeah. They were coming out with racist comments every now and then. Wasn't it Bongo Bongo Land was one of them I off the top of my head?
1: Ah, uh, that's, that's just stupid stuff that your grandfather says. Like, that's, that's the problem with a lot of uh, political parties. It's old boomers with old boomer opinions. Like, yeah. you get it in Labour, you get it in Tories, you get it in UKIP, but a lot of the young blood in UKIP were not like that at all. There was one guy that I spoke to who literally... <laughs> literally still considers uh, all of the Commonwealth to be British citizens oh and God. all that, yeah. Uh, he was sitting there like, Indian people are British. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, That's, I, I did not expect to hear that in UKIP. Wow. <laughs> I mean, did, did that put you off at all? No, no, it didn't. It was just because um, there was a few times as well where I made some jokes and people people didn't like the jokes I was making and I was kind of like I did not expect this in UKIP but that's that's just the way the press goes they make you think that a group is ultra super mega racist but then when you go in and experience it I was like no it's it's not like that at all
0: maybe it's like if you can't identify the racist then it's you
1: yeah (laughs) possibly do you think yeah, I think it's people that people that constantly make everything about race and think in racial terms. To me, they're racists because I want to stop talking about it. I just
0: want to play the devil's advocate, and I suppose we're two
1: white men. I don't know. Are Scots white? I think the jury's still out on that. You
0: may be more white than than the English, aren't you? You're sort of nearer to Vikings.
1: Apparently, we've got a lot of Viking blood in us because uh, a lot of our, when the Vikings came over, uh, a lot of our female ancestors didn't quite run fast enough.
0: That's funny, isn't it? Because it's something people always do when they look back to their ancestors. They identify with those who were raped rather than the rapers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually.
0: They're both you. Actually, yes, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> yes, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I used to live in Argentina, and um, in Argentina they all talk about the Spanish, the horrible Spanish who came over and did this and that to the indigenous people. Uh, but most Argentines in Buenos Aires are white. So the people who came over yeah. and killed the indigenous people were them. It wasn't, they, but they associate themselves <laughs> with the indigenous. That's the funny thing. Would you still do that joke today? Uh, aside from the fact that it's it's garnered you a following and everything, but I just mean for the joke's sake.
1: The, joke, the joke's been done. Like, the the it, it, it was a standard internet meme, and the way internet meme works is when a new meme comes out, it's funny for about two weeks, and then it dies. But as yeah. for, like... Would I do the, like the joke again after already having done it in 2016? I mean, had you not, had I not done it, would I yeah. have done the joke? I would have done it. I mean, yeah. if it's new, mater- if it's new material, it's new material. I read
0: somewhere that you sort of apologized to some communities and stuff. It suggests there's some remorse
1: about it. I didn't apologize. That was a, yeah. that was. I a, 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 a think I was a hungover, and like that was during the panic of the initial visit okay to uh for, to my house and i was like I, I do apologize for any offense caused and everything but then uh after a few weeks i got my balls back and i just went you know fuck you yeah. i'm not sorry it
0: is offensive though isn't it i mean it's an offensive thing i mean your argument is it doesn't matter if it's offensive i've got a right to free speech and i shouldn't be arrested which we haven't even gone into that yet i want to find out about yeah. what happened then that's your argument but it it's still offensive, isn't it? It's quite. I mean, I'm sure there are things that offend you as well. And you could say, well, so what? I got offended, you got offended, we move on. But it, you yeah. still feel bad for doing something that's offended some people, right?
1: I don't. I don't. Ever? No. Nah. There has been a few times where I've said a joke that was a little bit too far. To people and i have turned around and went like that see if i know the person and I actually have some respect for them but basically if they're being killed and butchered then i care you know whether i know them or not doesn't really matter then then i deeply care about that but see if it's someone i don't know you know mr you know smith on the internet oh your joke offended me well, i don't care I don't give a shit i don't know you yeah well, like, why, why, why should i care if it's someone that i actually know and i actually do have respect for then you know if if I have deeply upset them, then I will apologise to them for it. But mm. whenever I've got like a small army of internet strangers saying you offended me, I'm deeply offended by that. I'm like, ah, who cares? And you'll be fine in five minutes. Yeah, uh, you're, you're just you're just offended. You know, is, is this your first time? <laughs> so like, you'll be you'll be fine. Don't worry, nothing nothing happens. Can you think of a joke that would be too much? See if I had like. A two-year-old toddler child, and I taught them to Nazi salute. I wouldn't do that. Okay, I wouldn't do that. It's it's just when it, whenever it's a child, and you're teaching the child to do stuff, whenever you do it to a dog, like whatever, it's a dog. If yeah. you're doing it to a child, then to me that that would be like too far. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Did you notice a change
0: in the dog's behavior towards minorities after the trick?
1: He he is extremely racist. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps he keeps telling me he keeps telling me to reach the read the bell curve um, keeps telling me to look into Oswald and Mosley oh my God. and stuff uh, he's 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 too far gone he's too the the, th- yeah. the thing is as well you can you can train a dog but you can't untrain a dog so see whenever he sees anyone eating he thinks if he walks up to them and salutes then he gets food
0: is that a party trick like when people come over still they must want to see. I do that oh
1: they do it they do, they do it all the time yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll open like a packet of crisps and he will just walk up to them and salute because he, yeah. think, he thinks that means I, I get one
0: the thing is like I do I do think it's a bit of an offensive joke but I agree with you like well people have a right to do offensive things I guess and I would maybe be offended if a friend did that but then I'd also probably be tempted to to, to get the dog just to see it if you know if you were my mate and I went over I'd probably be tempted to do that
1: yeah well, that's, that's the thing is I've I've had like I've had a bit, during during like I've I've done like lots of Skype calls and Discord calls when I'm hanging out with people and like I've had like Jewish friends and everything when I've been on webcam and like Buddha will walk into the room and then they'll they'll all go oh make him make him do it make him do it and I'm like all right fine and then I make him do it and then they all laugh okay because I mean at the the end of, at the end of the day it's a it's a dog lifting its paw he's he's not goose stepping towards Poland.
0: Yeah. So we've we've discussed, uh, I suppose, whether jokes can ever be offensive, but what about things people say? Do you ever get offended on behalf of, say, a minority of some sort or somebody who's, you know, based on something Nigel Farage or Boris or Corbyn or, you know, or, or anyone has said or done?
1: I wouldn't get offended because of it. There are very few things that actually like deeply offend me. There are a few things that actually make me angry. But I mean, if someone says something stupid, then I'll call them out on it and say that they're stupid. Like we we do a lot of like, you know, edgy and spicy jokes, but like whenever we see someone like saying those things, but not as jokes, they, they mean the things that they say, then we'll usually just laugh at them and call them an idiot. Yeah, okay. And where do your
0: political sort of, uh, what do people say, political
1: leanings lie? Leanings, uh, socially left, economically right. Basically, uh, I'm fine for people to do whatever they want as long as they are not infringing on the rights of others. That's fine. If you want to be gay, trans, you want to practice your religion, you want to do any of those things, like whatever, that's, I I don't get, it sounds bad, but basically if you want to be gay and get married or you want to practice Islam or anything like that, I I don't give a shit. I, I don't care. Like I, I actually care very little about what you do because you're not affecting my life in any way. Yeah. The only time I actually start to care is if you are infringing on the rights of others.
0: So you're pro, for example, gay marriage. I imagine
1: pro gay marriage. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. Oh, did you hear that? Sam and David are getting married. I don't care. You
0: wouldn't say that to Sam and David. You'd show them you're excited. I mean, if you've been invited to the wedding,
1: I would tell, I would tell them. I can't get the day off, man. That's just, that's just because I, I, I hate weddings. I don't want. <laughs> it's like that's that's not an anti-gay thing it's an anti-wedding thing (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like uh, sorry man can't make it (laughs)
0: yeah i'm not oh actually i was gonna say even even that i'm worried about saying i'm even worried about agreeing with you that i don't like weddings because i'm thinking about friends at home who've invited me to weddings and things like that i love weddings i love a party um
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's the thing is when when it comes to stuff like gay marriage or whatever i don't care Okay. I, I honestly, I don't care.
0: I saw you've got BLM in, in your
1: Twitter handle and everything. <laughs> yeah. Are you on
0: board with all of that?
1: No, that's so Twitter don't ban me. Really? Yeah, everybody's doing it now. You put BLM in the pride flag in your name, and Twitter, Twitter, uh, the Twitter's little algorithm doesn't pick you up, and they don't ban you.
0: Wow. But well, presumably, you are on board with the idea of black people having the same rights as as other people, and and gay people having uh, the same rights.
1: A hundred percent. I support the message, not the group.
0: So what happened? You got arrested.
1: Yes, uh, got arrested. The cops say uh, came to my house and came in. Uh, first another mistake. Yeah, you don't you don't let the cops in. Really? Uh, they, yeah, you don't. Can you can say no? You can say no. They can arrest you at your door, but they can't come into your house unless you run back into the house away from them. If they've got if they've got to arrest you. Okay. Um, so basically, I let them in. And they uh, says, uh, sure, you, uh, I think you know why we're here. And I was like, yeah, I've got a rough idea. And the cop just matter of factly went, well, we're here to arrest you. And I just I just started laughing and went, <laughs> okay. And uh, I went, can I get changed first? So I went, I went in, and I'm getting changed the whole time. I'm getting changed. I've got like the male officer like watching me, but like the reason for that is to make sure that I don't have like a weapon hidden in my drawers that I'm mm. going to use or something. So like that's fair enough. But while I'm getting changed, uh, the female police officer is going around my house taking pictures of everything like every room taking pictures of my computer and all that type of stuff. And then uh, ended up, I get handcuffed, I get led outside and all the reporters were there waiting to take pictures of me. And then I get taken to the cells um, and I get told because my crime was classed as a hate crime, I was going to be kept in jail until my next court date, which fortunately was the very next day. And uh, I just get—I never even get taken into the courtroom. The judge just gave an order to free me. Wow!
0: Did you stay the night then in jail?
1: I spent the night in jail, but that's fine. I mean, I've—I've I've been in a few drunken bar fights a few times. So I've, have you? Yeah, I've been. I'm Scottish. <laughs> um, so, What's the bed like in jail? It was a probably about a, a two-inch thick mat on the floor. On the floor? That's just yeah.
0: degrading that's awful i'm sure tr- that's what i always think of because in the movies they don't they often i mean you have those little bunk beds and like shawshank and stuff but then you've got yeah often it's just like a concrete floor uh and i, I don't ever remember in like i don't remember ever seeing like a bed or, like a bedside table where you can plug your iphone in no,
1: there was there was nothing in the cell with me it was just the bed and uh, i did ask for a book and i think he i think he gave me one of reggie craze from the craze twins books and all that, which I was like, okay, apt. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I read I read a little bit of that and I just I just went to sleep.
0: Wow. Were you like, how did you feel at that point? Scared?
1: No, no I was all right. Like, um, I guess because I'd, I'd, I'd been in the cells before. I knew the script, but there was a funny story, actually, while I was in there. There was one guy, I remember getting, like, woken up late at night by, like, a guy, like, screaming, a guy just screaming oh the house God. down. And I, and, I, and I looked out, there's a little porthole at the front of the door, and I looked out and I could just vaguely see about like six cops like wrestling with this one guy to get him in the cell. And they put him in the cell and slammed the door shut and he's sitting screaming going, I've ruined my life, I've ruined my fucking life and everything. And I'm I'm trying to sleep and he kept screaming. So I started kicking my door and punching the wall shouting at him saying shut the fuck up trying to sleep because other prisoners were shouting at him as well Mm -hmm. he then starts punching the wall and kicking his door and shouting at me so then i just i just sat and i just sort of like put my t-shirt around my head to like try and drown out his screaming and then the next day i was like who was that fucking idiot that you put in next to me last night and then the cop went Oh, he murdered his friend. <laughs> that was, and I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> making friends already." <laughs>
0: he murdered his friend for telling him to be quiet at night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a uh, problem, but it's fine. There was a concrete wall between us. Wow. I'm sure I'll be all right.
0: <laughs> Maybe the biggest lesson to take from this whole experience for you is, if you ever get arrested, bring earplugs.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, well you're not allowed to do anything in the cell with you. You're not well, even earplugs. Not not allowed your shoes, not allowed laces, not allowed belts. In case you uh, Epstein yeah. yourself and all that. But like uh, you know, you're not allowed to anything. And apart from your clothes uh, and wow. a book, yeah, I'd bring earplugs. They're not
0: stopping me bringing. You know what? I'm just not going to commit a crime because I couldn't put up with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, how... uh, but that was the thing. Was the, ne- the next day I get you know handcuffed to me like you had your legs cuffed you had your arms cuffed and onto your waist and then I got loaded your legs get the, cuffed yeah I got oh. loaded onto a pr- prisoner transport van as well to get taken to the court Like Hannibal uh, yeah while I was there I actually saw a friend of mine we were getting led onto the truck and the truck has got like little sealed pods inside it that you get put inside oh, when well. you're getting taken to prison and while I was walking past I heard someone go Oh, Marcus, how you doing? And I looked through the little window and it was one of my friends. And I was like, Oh fuck, man, how you doing? Like that. But uh, what
0: was he arrested for?
1: He uh, slashed someone's face with a machete. He didn't. Oh no, he did. He did it. And I, I'm not going to say his name, but he he done it. I completely believe that he done it. Um, but it ended yeah. up like I get I get taken to, I was in court the next day, and that's when we get put in the big like holding cell. Yeah. Where there was, I think there was probably about like twelve of us. And this little, like, it was a really small room. It was a really small room. And it was like 12 of us in there. And people are trying to sleep and lie on certain parts and everything And there. Uh, they ended up doing the whole, like, what, what you in for okay. type of thing. And it's going yeah. around everybody in the room. One Breakfast get, club. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But people are going like, oh, I, I, got, I got caught with a knife. One guy even says, I attacked the police with a bat. And then it gets to me. And I'm like. Uh, I made a I made a meme uh, of my dog doing a Nazi salute, and the thing that was funny was half the prisoners like all sort of sat up and went, "That was you," like, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah," and they were all laughing. But then my, my friend like leaned into me and whispered and went, "It's all funny here, right? But see if you do get put in, don't tell people that because you will get bartered well, <laughs> or because Nazi is like a bad word. No, no, because oh, not be, hard uh, enough." It's not hard enough. I, I look, I look weak. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. like type of thing. So yeah, pe- people would uh, kick my head in. What would you have but said? I, would, I, I beat, I beat up a I'm, dog. Yeah, I'd, I beat up um, homeless. dog. I would have said I'm robbery or something like that. I would have yeah. said, yeah, armed arm, arm, arm robbery. I am <laughs> I get caught. I'm, I'm actually a drugs kingpin. Uh, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't fuck with me. Okay, <laughs> type right. of thing. Yeah.
0: That's quite a funny
1: story. They released me, but then uh, that was the beginning of my trial, and I had a—I think I had a totally like nine trial dates, and that went on for over the course of two years. Yeah, and just some of the some of the stuff that the prosecutor was saying. The prosecutor went in like so hard. He wasn't prosecutors just want to win, right? Prosecutors yeah. don't give a shit if you're guilty or innocent. Like they're their jobs to prove you that you're guilty. He was saying that I unironically, like, I actually wanted to kill people. He was saying stuff like that. He tried to halfway through the trial get my charge raised to a more serious one where instead of the maximum sentence being one year, my maximum sentence would have been five years. This guy was actually trying to get me five years in prison um, for this joke. And then he was just, but see, when it came to me head to head with the prosecutor, like, ah. Uh, I absolutely wrecked him. But, you know, if i so still, still found guilty, <laughs> I said to my lawyer, no matter what punishment the judge gives me, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. If he gives me a fine, I'm not going to pay it. If he gives me community service, I'm not going to do it. If he gives me a prison, then it's kind of hard to argue <laughs> against that. They just, they just pin you to the ground and take you away. But the judge went, £800 fine. But the funny thing is, I, I was trying to get jailed. I was trying to basically like make a statement. Yeah. Uh, I was wanting to show people that I'm prepared to go to jail for what I believe in, freedom of speech. It's a human right and everybody deserves it. You shouldn't be arresting people and putting them in prison for jokes. However, I didn't tell my wife about my plan. <laughs> Yeah, I was so wondering it. that. Was this just
0: an excuse to get away from her, a little holiday?
1: No, that was that. That was the funny thing is, while my lawyer's reading out the statement and I'm I'm standing there in front of the judge, I can actually feel her eyes burning into the back of my head. And wow. but then I get I, I get handed the eight hundred pounds fine. I went out the court to people cheering and all that type of stuff, and she she did the good thing. She she was smiling and all happy for the cameras and the press and everything. But see see as soon as we were alone, <laughs> she she went fucking mad. You were trying to get jailed. You were trying to go to prison. And I was like, yeah, because because uh, if I told you my plan, you would have said no. As soon as I got fined eight hundred pounds, uh, I donated eight hundred pounds to a children's hospital. <laughs> To sort of just to sort of say, I have the money. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just I'm, I'm just not gonna fucking pay it. Yeah. But eventually, like I was getting the, like the threatening letters from the police. Like you know, pay the fine by this time. Pay the fine by this time. If you don't, we're we're going to come and get you. And I just went, no, nope, no. Nope. I even made a video baiting them. Like I'm not paying this fine. Come and get me then. And what the cops did instead is they seized the money straight out of my bank account. and they're they're supposed to tell you i never got any of that the funds weren't even frozen just in the space of one day boom they took the money and i think the reason that they did that is because they knew that if i knew they were coming i would just (laughs) empty the account and like close the account
0: right i want to get something out of you some remorse
1: some none none at all i would do it again (laughs) it's got to be something
0: come on there's got to be something I want to end on remorse
1: here. There is, there is
0: none. I need us to have gone on a journey in these uh, 70 minutes. I need us to, there's a journey and we've both learned a lot. And um, no, it's not happening. <laughs> no,
1: nah, it's not happening. Nah. I, I, I don't regret the joke at all. Um,
0: man, I think what you did was in bad taste, but you had every right.
1: Yeah, you have every right to That's That's do it. an absolutely fair opinion that's a completely fair opinion. Like Mm. I'm not asking people to find the joke funny. I don't, I don't get to decide what people do and do not find funny. That comes down to the individuals themselves. Like if someone goes, I didn't find your joke funny. Fine. Fine. Like, I would find it really weird if 100% of people found the joke funny. Like, nobody finds 100% of jokes funny all the time. Yeah. But, like, see, I, I just want people to recognise that it was, in fact, a joke.
0: You're Count Dankula on Twitter. So dank memes, that's a thing. What is
1: what is that? Dank meme is many things. It can be all things. It can be nothing. Uh-huh. Um, a dank meme is basically a meme that has sort of been made, you know, very poorly made, but on purpose but a lot of the memes in
0: this these circles are quite uh i suppose offensive for offensive sake which again i yeah. I guess i would agree with your right to do it uh there was that one with the the, the smoke from the beirut's bomb singing um <laughs> but that's gonna be i mean imagine coming across that again you, you say you don't mind offending people but i, I guess there's got to be a point where you imagine like somebody's lost their mother in beirut or whatever and then they go on twitter and see someone's
1: laughing at that well, that that's the thing. I don't even know why I did that. I think it was just the absurdity of the explosion made it somehow seem like not real and disconnected because it was like a nuke. And I I don't know why. I think just the ridiculousness of it just decided, made me make a joke. People who are maybe anti those kinds of jokes would
0: maybe imagine that you didn't feel the same empathy. That, I mean, that's what this is. It's a battle of who's got the most empathy, isn't it?
1: Making jokes about bad things isn't the same as being happy that those bad things happen, and that's the thing. Like, Say, for example, I made jokes about the Holocaust. I made jokes about the, Be- the Beirut explosion. Like, see if you put a big red button in front of me that says push this to stop the Holocaust or push this to stop the Beirut explosion, I would push the button. Do you feel emotional watching what happened in Beirut? Like, because it's a, an explosion, it's a big boom, it's ridiculous, like, I was just yeah. sitting there like, I was more amazed, I was just like, fucking hell, look at that thing. Seeing videos of, like, the families, like, crying and everything and searching the rubble and stuff, that shit, no, I don't I don't find that funny. That, that, that stuff gets to me.
0: There's something about the word stupid in a Scottish accent. Stupid! It sounds brilliant, and I'd like to thank Mark Meechan, or Count Dankula, for saying it a few times, and for being a guest on my show. He spoke very eloquently about the nuances of free speech, and in a world that currently trades on perceived and performed morality, I don't want to fall into the trap of presuming I have more empathy for oppressed people and victims than he does, because that would be a very unempathetic thing to do. The truth is, we don't know what's going on in the minds of other people and can only judge from their actions and words. I do think he goes too far. I do think that making light of some really horrible situations for other people in order to gain laughs and likes is not the epitome of grace and decorum, and might even add to the pain of those that are suffering. That said, we can't live in a world where a joke, no matter how awful, gets you arrested. On an unrelated note, I was pleased to see that he does feel sympathy for the victims of Beirut. So he seemed okay, right? Maybe. Anyway, come back next week where I'll be speaking to James Lindsay, uh, the anti-woke scholar. Uh, He is a colleague of Helen Pluckrose who was on this podcast just a few weeks ago. And that's a really great interview. It's already recorded and will be out next Monday.